Amen. I'm going to ask the Treyer family if they would come up and uh, light our Advent wreath for us while we share together in the Word of God. Uh, This morning's scripture lesson comes from Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18 and reading through verse 25. Uh, I don't know if you caught the, uh, some of you came in a little later, but uh, the video this morning. Um, And I, I wonder how that conversation went. Uh, where Mary tries to explain to Joseph, and I don't know that Joseph was quite so inattentive as the video portrayed him, Um, but how how do you suppose that? You ever try to tell someone something you know they don't want to hear and you're not sure how they're going to respond? And and I've been there, and there's, boy, all kinds of of, uh, just uh, antsiness I don't know, me anyway. I, I, how are they going to respond? How did Joseph respond? How, how was it going to all come about? Now, if you've read the Gospels, you know in the Gospel of Luke, uh, we kind of get Mary's perspective of what's going on. Uh, but in the Gospel of Matthew, we get a little more of, of uh, Joseph's perspective. And it begins like this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. May God add God's blessing, the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we... As we listened, um, we heard such pain. And, and Lord, we heard those who were broken. We, lear- we heard, Lord, some who were afraid. Some who were confused. Some, some Lord, who just cry out because they, they hurt so badly. And we thank you that you hear our prayer. Lord, we think of all those who are struggling with cancer. And yet, Lord Jesus, we've seen you heal others of cancer. So we know that in you there is always hope. And we come before you and we offer ourselves to you, waiting to see how you will answer our prayer. And excited about all that you're doing because we've seen you answer prayer upon prayer upon prayer. Lord, we want to thank you also this morning for the little things, 
for helping us get up out of bed this morning, for getting us into worship, for giving us an opportunity to sing your praises, for opening up to us your word, and and an opportunity just to listen and to hear, and to hear from your voice and be reminded of your presence and be challenged by your word. Lord, we open our lives to you today because we know that in you there is life and eternal life, and we need your life. So, Lord Jesus, we wait upon you as we wait to hear how you will answer our prayer. And we wait upon you as we wait to hear from your voice. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy except by your incredible grace. We come before you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We've been talking about the the promise of Christmas, the promise of Christmas, and and last week we we began to look at um, that that whole waiting process, Um, and and as as we're waiting, we're waiting with hope and anticipation, uh, for we believe that God continues to do incredible things in this world and in our lives, and He's still at work in powerful ways. And because of that, there's always hope. And as we wait for Christmas, as we wait for the advent of Christ, as we wait for the return of Christ, we are filled with anticipation and excitement about what that all will mean. Now, in the meantime, we talked about how there were some struggles and some trials and and all those other things that go with the waiting process. But the good news is we know the one who wrapped the present, and we know he loves us. So when we unwrap the present, we know it's going to be incredible. And so I hope that you have that, I hope that you hope that you have that hope uh, in your life, and that uh, this week you were able to anticipate some of the things that God was doing in your life and is doing in your life. And by the way, God wants to be actively involved in your life. That's part of the promise of Christmas. Now, many of you will have friends or family come home for Christmas, or maybe you'll come home for go home for Christmas, uh, and you will sing. I'll be home for Christmas. Hey, that was better than last week, huh? I blew last week's song. So uh, how how many of you have family coming in for Christmas? Raise your hand if you have family coming in for Christmas. Keep them up. Keep them up. How many of you are going home for Christmas? Raise your hand. No, keep the other hands up. Come on, everybody, everybody. How many of you are already home for Christmas? People keep putting their hands down. All right. I... uh, (laughs) The point is that um, Christmas is really a time where we reconnect, isn't it? Um, And and that makes it stressful sometimes, doesn't it? There are some people you don't really want to reconnect with all that much, uh, but holidays, you know, i got to go over to their house again. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, so we got to reconnect, and that's part of what Christmas is all about, reconnecting um, with others. And, and I'm amazed, at, of course, at Christmas time, people begin to reconnect with church, right? Uh, I love that. Some people make fun of the fact that some people only come on Christmas and Easter. I'm glad they come on Christmas and Easter. 
And, and I hope that, that God speaks to them. And I know if God speaks to them, all that will change in their lives. Uh, but, but I'm excited about Christmas and Christmas Eve. We usually have a big crowd Christmas Eve. Uh, and that's always exciting. People reconnecting. Reconnecting with the body of Christ. And some people at Christmas actually reconnect with Jesus. Um, they grew up sometimes in, in, a, in a family that celebrated Christmas and maybe went to church, but, but they found themselves questioning and, and going through that whole process. And Christmas comes along, and, and because it's part of the tradition, they show up at church, and wouldn't you know, there they meet Jesus face to face. The Scripture tells us where two or more are gathered in His name, He's here with us. That means Jesus is right here this morning. And He loves you very much. Never forget that. You know, the first Christmas was all about reconnecting too, wasn't it? Think about it. God sent His Son to become a human being so that God could connect reconnect with us on a personal level. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? You all just sit there. Wake up. Yay, Kenny, thank you. Uh, yeah, God, God wanted to reconnect with us. God loved us so much that he, he decided on Christmas Day He would come and meet with us face to face. And Jesus was born. That's what Christmas is about. That's the promise of Christmas. God coming incarnate in the flesh to meet with us, to be with us, to share with us, to show us His love, His grace, His mercy, and then to die for us. To rise again from the dead for us. That's the promise of Christmas. God with us. And that's what we want to look at this morning, is God with us. Dan's right. Uh, Christmas gets to be all about all these other things. And this morning, I hope you can begin to, to reorient so that as you go through the craziness of the next couple weeks, and I know, I know it gets crazy, but as you go through that, you would begin to experience God with you. When you're at the mall, by the way, Jim King will be at the mall. He goes once a year. And he goes at Christmas time, and I run into him every year at the mall. It's, it's a riot. And, and he told me when I first came, uh, one of my daughters when we first came, one thing she wanted to do was uh, go to a place where there was a mall. Okay? Now, that may not be important to you, but we lived in Maine. The nearest mall was an hour and a half away. So this was like, you know, Greenfield, believe it or not, was like urban for us. And, and, and so, so when we came to, to look around, Jim King took us around, and he, he said, well, where do you want to go? Well, we got to see the mall. <laughs> so we drove into the mall, and he told me, he says, you know, I only go to the mall once a year, and it's at Christmas. And every year I run into him at Christmas. I say, it must be Christmas. Jim King's at the mall. I, I hope that you can see, you see, uh, it's not just Jim King at the mall, but God, did you know God's at the mall? Sometimes. God's at the mall when you show up, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, because God is with you 
and you can meet God at the mall. God, God is with you when you sit down at the computer. See, that, that just tells you how behind I am. God is with you when you sit down at the computer and start clicking for all those things you can't afford. <laughs> wow, that looks neat. Click. Well, that didn't hurt at all. Click, click. That didn't, it doesn't hurt till the bill comes. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I got to pay for all this stuff. Um, and, and God is with you when you're on that computer. And God is with you. And so God becomes a part of that if you, if you open yourself up to the presence of God in that. In that first Christmas, God arrives. God with us. That promise that He gives us, that promise of being with us, even through the chaos of Christmas. And wasn't it chaotic that first Christmas? I loved our, our video because I really wondered um, how, how did Joseph respond? Did you notice that part isn't in the Scripture for us? Uh, that's one of the things. I can't wait to get to glory um, because I want to see uh, how, did, how did Joseph accept the promise? Now, my guess is uh, when Mary told him the story, um, he was... Um, taken aback, having to decide, is he going to believe what Mary just told him? And can you imagine how hard that is? Uh, To have somebody tell you, this angel appeared to me and and told me that I'm pregnant with God's son? Yeah, right. And my guess is Joseph sat there and his head was spinning. And and my guess is he was much better with words than I. And probably just shook his head and said, well, that's nice, honey. I I don't know how he responded, but this is what I know. He went home and that night he was having a hard time sleeping. He had to decide, you see, is he going to believe this story that Mary told him? That seems just totally unbelievable. Or is he going to do something else? And, and as he lay there in bed, and as he thought it through, and as he thought it through, and as he thought it through, he finally decided, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just quietly divorce her. Because and, and I, I don't want her to be hurt. Uh, I, don't, I don't want her to, hey, what if it's true? I, you know, so I'll just, I'll just be quiet, and, and it'll be all over, and everything will be okay. Now, any of you who have walked through a divorce knows that's not the way it works. Um, I, I've talked to many who have uh, walked through that struggle, and, uh, and some who, who have said, well, we're just going to try to make the best of this and just get through it, and have found themselves in the midst of just more mess and more mess and more mess. And it's not easy. And yet Joseph couldn't see any other way, you see. He had to decide, was he going to believe Mary and accept the promise, or was, or was he going to, to just say, enough's enough, and walk away? Well, you know what happened. The, the angel appears to him, doesn't, she, doesn't it? In a dream. And in the dream, you see, God speaks to Joseph himself. And says, Joseph, here you go. Here's the promise. The promise is for you as well as for Mary. 
You see how that works? It wasn't just for Mary. It was for Joseph as well. God was making this promise. God was giving his presence to not just to Mary, but to Joseph as well. And here's the good news. That God was giving that promise not just to Joseph and not just to Mary, but he was giving it to anyone who would accept the promise. In other words, he was giving it this promise to you, if you were willing to accept the promise in your life. But you have to decide, this is what the Scripture says, that this Jesus, that this child would be named Jesus. Why? Because he would save what? His people from their sins. That's anyone and everyone who would accept him, accept that promise in their lives. Now, some people say, well, that promise is good for 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 my family but but not for me or that promise is good for the the righteous people the good people but not for me the truth of the matter is that god came to save everyone who would put their trust in him that's why in john 3:16 which we've read over and over again which you can even see at football games right for god so loved who the world not just baptists okay not just uh, the righteous, not just the good-looking ones, not just the smart people, not, not, not just the people who read their Bible every day, not just the people who follow certain rules. God loved everyone. And He came to save everyone. Now, it's up to you whether you receive that gift or not. You see, the promise is offered to you. The question is, will you receive the promise? Some people say, well, how do I receive the promise? It's very easy. It's just like on Christmas morning. When someone hands you a gift, what do you do with it? Well, you take that gift and you put it back under the tree and say, thank you. No, you take that gift and you open it up. And then you begin to... Make that gift a part of your life. Unless, of course, it's fruitcake. In which case, you, yeah, re-gift it. You wrap it back up and find somebody else handed to. Uh, you, you. Listen, listen, they're very important, okay? God offers you this gift this morning, okay? Right now, He offers you this gift. The gift of His presence, His Son, the gift of forgiveness of your sins. So you don't have to carry that guilt anymore. But you have to receive it. You have to say yes. Some people forget that part. They think, oh, yeah, God saves everybody. No, He doesn't save everybody. He saves His people. And what makes you His people is for you to say yes to Him. You see, this is a problem the Jews had, for, and some Jews still have. They thought because they were born to Abraham's descendants, uh, therefore they were a part of God's people, but that's not how it works. You're only a part of God's family if you receive the promise. It's the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. In other words, as God's people. And it's up to you. You have to say yes, Okay. And I pray this morning that you say yes, because when you receive that gift and you start making Jesus a part of your life every day, when you go to the mall, God goes with you. And when you go home, God goes with you. 
And when you go to the restaurant, God goes with you. And when you go to Salvation Army, I don't know where you shop. When you go to Salvation Army, God goes with you. When you go to the food pantry, some people can't afford food. When you go to the food pantry, I want you to know, God goes with you. And as God walks with you, then your life begins to be transformed by the promise of His presence. You have to accept it. You have to accept the promise. Joseph accepts the promise. Okay, God, you've met me. You told me you want to be a part of my life through my wife Mary. That's incredible. I'm willing to do that. What's your decision? What's your decision? The promise of God, the promise of God with us is, doesn't just happen uh, when we uh, accept the promise, but it happens when we stand in the face of fear. When we stand in the face of fear. I just want you to think for a moment. Uh, when Joseph heard this story, okay? Now, he's got to make a decision. Now, he knows that Mary is going to be up for a lot of ridicule, right? I mean, uh, unwed mother, well, you know, they were engaged, which in, you have to understand, in first century Palestine, that, that meant as good as married, okay? Different process than what we do. But once she accepted that and, and the bridal price was paid, then it was a done deal. All they were waiting for was the ceremony. It, l- let me put it this way. It would be like if you went to a justice of the peace and, and, and signed that marriage certificate, and then came here for a wedding, and in between here and there, your, girl, your wife became pregnant. Okay. Does that make sense? In other words, so they've already signed the marriage contract, and there was a number of months that went in between, and part of that had to do with getting ready for a place for them to live and getting everything prepared, but they were already married. They were waiting for the ceremony. That's what Pledged to be married means in first century Palestine. And here is Mary pregnant. It's an embarrassment. But it's more than an embarrassment. The fact of the matter is she could be uh, killed because she was pregnant. As a matter of fact, part of that could hinge on Joseph's decision here. And yet, if Joseph brings her into the house, then what does that say to everyone else? Well, you know what public opinion would be. People would be whispering, hey, did you notice Mary's pregnant? Yeah. She and Joseph haven't done the ceremony thing yet, and look at that. Shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. And what about Joseph's business? Well, you know, I, I wouldn't hire him. You know, his, his morals are a little shaky. I, I wouldn't deal with him, you know, and, and especially at church. You know, well, don't, don't let your children get too close to him because, you know, he made a mistake like the rest of us don't. We all have sinned, the Scriptures say. And aren't we quick to judge and point the finger so what's Joseph going to do? I mean, he could bring her home and, and, and face the same ridicule. And Joseph, because of the angel who says, Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You ever notice every time an angel shows up, that's the first thing they say? Don't be afraid. Yeah, right. Don't be afraid. I'd like to say to you this morning that when 
when, when Joseph decides to take Mary home, when he, when he takes that courage to take her home, all of a sudden, God's presence is very powerful in that house. Why? Because he, he received the courage of God to stand up for what God was calling him to do. Whether other people thought it was right or not didn't matter to him. He was doing what God was calling him to do. He need not be afraid. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when you stand for Jesus, when you stand in the presence of God, you need not be afraid. Why? Because God stands with you. We live in a world that's terrified. This week really played that out, didn't it? I mean, how, how horrible to have somebody walk in at a, a holiday party, call it holiday party, and, and start shooting everybody. I, that is amazing, so, so scary. Our world is scary. I went to the mall one day a couple weeks ago. I ran into a guy who was dressed as, as a Muslim, uh, looked like an imam. I mean, that was the get-up he had on. And my first thought was, oh, no. And I thought, why? Why am I afraid? Why are you afraid? They say that gun sales are way up because people need to protect themselves. Why? Because they're afraid. And the news and the world doesn't get it, do they? Because they live in fear. And then the one place where there could be hope they, they don't even see hope. The Daily News put this, this article up. Uh, this was a uh, response, of course, to those politicians who, who went on and on about how we needed to pray, pray for the victims. And, and their response was, well, God isn't fixing this. You know what the sad part is? God already fixed it if you just accept the fixing. The problem isn't God. The problem is we don't accept the fixing He's already offered. This is what He offered. He offered us the Prince of Peace. And if the Prince of Peace lives in our lives, we need not be afraid. Brothers and sisters in Christ, stand for Jesus. Don't be afraid. And by the way, you don't have to be belligerent about it because God's already won the victory. Anybody, anybody like a, a sore winner? Don't you hate it? I, I know, I know. Some of you do that to me when your football team beats mine. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I just want you to know they beat the Packers. Yeah, <laughs> the Packers beat Detroit. Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm just, <laughs> we're getting off the point here. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that, that when, you, when you're on the side of victory, you need not rub it in, do you? Uh, pe- people go on and on about happy holidays. Uh, what, what, what the world says about Christmas, uh, you know, that's up to them. Uh, and, and the store clerk will say to me, happy holidays, I'll say Merry Christmas. God bless you. And I don't say Merry Christmas. Nah. <laughs> I see people do that. You laugh. Uh, not quite exactly that, but, but like that. No, I, I, I'm not there to make a point. I'm not doing it to make a point. I really hope they have a great Christmas day. 
and that they would experience the blessing of the peace, the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, in their lives. I would hope the same for you. If you're afraid, you know, we went through all those prayer requests, and I don't know about you, but I hear all those things, and I think, oh, Lord, how are we going to, why aren't you fixing it? Then I am reminded of all those times we see God step in, and sometimes He doesn't fix it the way I think He should, but if I walk with peace with God, if God is really with me, then it's going to be okay. And if I get diagnosed with cancer, it's going to be okay because God walks with me. And if I face a struggle in life, it's going to be okay because God walks with me. I need not be afraid. I'm not saying I'm not afraid. I said I need not be afraid. You with me? And this is why. Because 1 John tells us that greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. I'm reminded of Job, and we're way over time. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I like overtime. Hey, I'm a Red Wings fan. We play overtime all the time. Uh, but, but this is really important, okay? This is just really important, okay? Because when, when all those struggles came to Job's life, and Job faced, faced a lot of different things. He faced disease. He faced the death of all his children. He faced financial ruin. Um, he, he struggled in almost every way. And plus he had a wife that nagged him. That's the worst. Someone said, wait a minute. <laughs> but, but despite all those struggles, listen, despite all those struggles, um, he kept his faith. And he asked questions, by the way. You ever ask questions of God? Yeah, I want you to know that's okay. Job did that. Just be ready for the answer because what happened was Job finally got this answer from, from God and God said, listen, I want you to stand up because I don't think you can, sit, can handle this sitting down. He says, I want you to answer a few of my questions. And basically what he said to him, are, are you, do you know, are you God like I am? Can you handle all these things? And the answer, of course, is no. We can't handle these things alone. That's why Jesus came, so that we could have his presence with us. He would walk with us through it all. We need not be afraid. The promise of Christmas is God with us. We need not be afraid. Joseph, you don't need to be afraid. Take Mary home. Make a house. Do the things you need to do. Raise my child with your love and with my love and watch what I do through him to save the world. And then lastly, the promise of Christmas, God with us, comes when we follow God's commands. You see, I I wonder what would have happened if Joseph said, well, you know, uh, that's all good and fine, God, but uh, I don't think I really want to be a part of this plan, so uh, go ahead. Uh, do whatever you want, but I'm, I'm out of it. I'm not going to do it. Now, I, you need to know, when, when someone says stuff like that, and people say stuff like that, when they, that doesn't thwart God's plan, first of all. God would still have worked his salvation plan through Mary, just like he had always planned. If Joseph had bailed out, Mary still would have been protected by the power and love of the Almighty God and would have bore that child and would have named him Jesus. 
All of that still would have happened, but this would not have happened. Joseph would not have experienced the incredible blessing of having God's presence in his house and in his life day in and day out. You see, you don't follow God's commands to to, um, earn your salvation. You follow God's plans to experience his blessing every day. And you have a choice. When I was a, a youth leader, we used to do this skit all the time uh, because for me it was very powerful, so I made them do it. <laughs> and and, and what, what would happen was uh, uh, <clears throat> the, the main character would be followed by this male character uh, wherever she went. Uh, usually it was a female, not always, sometimes a male. didn't matter. Um, and at one point the main character would receive a phone call. And in that phone call, there would be a whole bunch of options for the main character, all of which were things that Jesus would not have approved of. And so, as the the conversation went on, the, the main character would look at this person that was standing next to him, this male person, and would kind of hedge and then come back and and yeah, I really want to do that, and then look, and then hedge, and ultimately they would say, okay, I'll be over in about 10 minutes, would hang up the phone, would get their coat on, and would head towards the door, and this person would be following, and finally, the main character would stop and say to this person, you can't come, and would take another step away, and the person would still follow, and she'd say, no, 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 you can't come. And would take another step and the person would follow. And finally, she would take the arms of the male person and spread their arms out and would nail nails, imaginary nails, but nails, into the arms of the one. You see, when God's presence is with us, God walks with us. When we decide to go our own way, we disconnect from God. God doesn't disconnect from us. We disconnect from God. And when we do that, it's like saying, no, God, I don't want you in my life anymore, just like the people in the first century did, and you're you're willing to nail him upon that cross. I don't want you in my life anymore. The good news is God is always ready to reconnect with you. As a matter of fact, that's why he died. So that he could have that connection with you. The scripture says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all. Thank you. All, right? Not some, not part, not a few. All unrighteousness. That's the gift he offers. He wants to reconnect with you. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, I do all this for the sake of the gospel. Not that I might be saved. Not that I might look good in the eyes of the world. Not not that I might um, be better than someone else. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its what? Blessings. You see, if you accept the promise, if you stand in the face of fear, And if you are willing to follow His commands, this is what happens. Then His presence is with you. His presence is with you. 
That's the promise of Christmas. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, um, we start by being honest with you this morning um, as we look at our lives. We cry out um, and ask for your forgiveness. For there are so many times when we disconnect. Thank you for the promise of connecting of being with us. Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd be with us when the struggles of life come, whether it's cancer, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, uh, whether it's a a relational issue, uh, whatever it is that causes fear to begin to enter our lives, we pray, Father, that you would remind us that you stand with us, and if you're with us, who can stand against us? Fill us with your love and grace as we remember your, your power that that gives us the courage to stand in the face of a world that's just so confused. Help us, Lord Jesus, to bring Your peace. Help us to be the peacemakers that that the world might see we're Your children. Help us, Father, to experience Your peace this Christmas. Father, help us to accept the promise. We pray, Father, especially for those this morning who have not accepted your gift. We call it salvation. It means so many things. Forgiveness. Mercy. Righteousness. Cleansing. Lord Jesus, uh, a chance to live the blessings that you have for us. Father, we just pray that you'd help us to say yes to you. And Father, to say yes to you today. Father, thank you for being here, for offering us this promise this Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.